Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. Today, I want to talk about the topic of the management perspective about graduate schools and why you should care. And this is an interesting topic for me because it's something that most, actually all current students or prospective students that I ever encountered don't ever think about. And honestly, um, it's one of those things that it's not natural to think about, but once you appreciate it, you be, uh, really get to understand why graduate schools do what they do, uh, generally speaking, um, how they plan, how they run their operations, how they move forward. And... Um, I want to highlight the context of like why I can speak to this coherently. First of all, when I was a public policy student, I focused on higher education and looked into um, what they did with their graduate programs in terms of strategy, planning, where they spent money, where they didn't spend money, stuff like that. Second thing is that I'd done some, shall we say, advising, freelance <coughs> consulting for universities thinking about uh, planning for their graduate programs. So I had firsthand uh, experience uh, working with administrators, thinking through their graduate program challenges and what they, they want to do and not do. I would say 70% about what I'm about to say uh, is going to be true for most uh, U.S. graduate programs. Uh, obviously, every graduate program has their own unique culture, unique niche, unique mission to a certain extent, but the foundations are going to be generally the same in terms of their management perspectives. So here we go. Um, so what I want to highlight, and the crux, which is the crux of this, is to a certain extent, every professional graduate program is a business. And as a business, they really care about three things. Number one, the money that comes in in terms of tuition, donations, otherwise. By otherwise, I mean... Uh, there might be some side gigs or side properties being rented. There's lo- lots of things otherwise could fit in. But the, ultimately, the money that comes in uh, via the grad school uh, enterprise. Um, and I want to stop there and explain why gr- the money that comes in grad schools is so important. And strangely, uh, this has to do with undergrads. So even if an undergrad pull- pays the full tuition... Generally speaking, um, a university is losing money on an undergraduate that pays full tuition. They are what's called a loss center. Um, And that really has to do with how undergraduate education is really expensive. It's the teachers, the space, residence life and housing, the social programming, the gyms, the rock walls, uh, the lots for some places trips there's amenities we could keep on going but for lots of different reasons we could get into in five episodes of podcasting uh undergraduate education is expensive uh to fund and invest in so it's expensive and again that's an undergrad that pulls full tuition a lot of undergrads get some level of scholarships from the school so a school is losing more money if an undergrad gets a scholarship. So how do they make up for those financial losses per undergraduate student? Um, there's a lot of things. Um, there's uh, donations. Donations matter a lot. Um, and then there's 
benefits benefits from the endowment, um, the investment benefits, and that or and just or the return on investments. Um, but then the third one is subsidization from money making programs, and by money making programs, um, by and large, uh, the money making programs of a university are the graduate schools, in particular, the professional programs. Um, and I want to clarify, not every graduate program is necessarily a moneymaker, but by and large, almost every professional program usually tends to be a, um, a moneymaker for a university. And if you think about it, that's because a graduate program has a lot more expenses involved. Yeah, you need classes, you need teachers, but there's a lot less residence and life services, a lot of the, the behavioral management stuff, social management stuff. There's some, but it's like next to nothing compared to uh, expenses for undergrads. So what this means is that um, a graduate student who pays full tuition, uh, the university is making a good chunk of money as a profit off of uh, a lot of it. I mean, how much they make depends on school, but... It wouldn't be outrageous to say if they're making a 40, 50% profit off of that. Um, so what that means is that uh, if a graduate program um, gives like a 50% scholarship, sometimes they're still making money uh, from a graduate student. Uh, and because graduate programs, professional graduate programs are profit centers, the deans are held very accountable that they make sure that they get a certain number of students who pay a certain level of tuition um, and to help subsidize the rest of the school. Um, now, this might not be true for every school because some schools just have lots of good donor situations. So the pressure might be less, but the pressure will at least be somewhat there to hit um, certain set of numbers. And then, um, now, that's the money part. Okay. Then there's prestige among peer institutions. And when it comes to prestige among peer institutions, graduate programs, even professional graduate programs, tend to think about it in a very academic, uh, it's usually a very academic perspective. Uh, the one exception is MBAs, but since this is IR and public relations podcast, it doesn't really matter. But uh, with the exception of MBAs, it's academic uh, consideration. So things like how much academic research is pumped out, um, how much research organizations are available that pump out interesting things, how many famous professors are there, Nobel Prize winners, so-and-so award winners. Uh, it's okay if they never touch a classroom uh, or they're a professor emeritus. If they're associated with school, that helps the school. If a school has a PhD program, that helps the academic prestige. If they don't, then that kind of hurts it. But if there is a PhD program, if they produce a lot of PhDs that go into academic stuff, great research stuff, um, you know, the things academics care about, that helps the prestige. And then um, top tier graduate students they bring in. So like, are they, if they're Harvard, Yale, Penn, wherever, that helps. If they're Rhodes Scholars, Marshall Scholars, Gold, uh, Goldman, whatever, they've got patents, stuff they can brag about, stuff that could add up that are, and, and market and highlight. That helps prestige. And this, honestly, this kind of like is one of the biggest things that 
ties into the U.S. News and World Reports rankings. It's this academically driven sense of prestige. And I'm talking about the rankings for uh, public policy programs and, to a certain extent, uh, international relations. Then there's uh, the sentiment for positive employment outcomes. And by positive employment outcomes, and I'm talking about the positive employment outcomes a school wants. To a certain extent, each school cares about different things a little bit, but uh, each school wants their students, their faculty, their staff, uh, and their alumni to feel that there's positive employment outcomes with uh, graduates going to certain career paths that they think um, the alumni, uh, the, the stakeholders, so to speak, care about. So for public policy, um, it, they, they care if it's helping that they could brag about alumni who go into government, who go and do famous academic research. Interestingly, I will say public policy is um, marketing if they have alumni that go into government consulting. At least a lot of times they sometimes see that. It's viewed positively. But at, but at the same time, um, even if a graduate has a job and is very financially successful or competitively successful, if it's in an area that the school doesn't care about, then that graduate alumni isn't really cared about. And, you know, there won't be marketing on that person. And so what that means is that each graduate program uh, tries to channel as many students as they can, whether successful or not, that's a different story, um, to the positive outcomes uh, that they want to emphasize. And at the very least, they market, do a lot of marketing to show that, hey, our students go to these places and we think that's cool. So you should come to school because um, you could be like that person who had a job that we care about. Um, this is the, the, the one business factor that um, kind of like ties to experience. But the reason why they care about this is because they need to replenish their student population every year. And they know that employment outcomes uh, and brand uh, are the two things that matter to a lot of students. So now that I kind of like painted out the management perspective of grad schools, why should a student, prospective student, current student, uh, care about this? So uh, I'm going to highlight a few, shall we say, use cases. And, um, and here we go. So first of all, I always recommend to prospective students that they should be suspicious of newer graduate programs, even by well-known established universities, if it doesn't look like there's much investment in money um, in terms of resourcing for the program, um, other than really slick and fancy marketing. And usually, even if a program has really slick and fancy marketing, if they're not like overall doing a lot of shall we say, broad investments to make it good, you'll, the, the marketing will slip up as well. You'll notice like something's look a little bit funny about the marketing. So now let me, let me preface that um, there are some newer graduate programs that, in my opinion, are actually legitimate, really solid programs. They're trying to make it legitimate solid. So Yale Jackson, uh, so far seems to be Yale's making a huge effort in that. Um, and it's very legitimate, lots of resourcing. Um, but there are quite a few graduate programs, even from really good schools, in which, like I said, 
graduate schools are a profit center. And they have the conversation of, hey, let's launch all these new graduate programs at these degrees so we could use our name brand to attract uh, students, students who will make us money. Uh, and some students will come because we throw them 30, 40% scholarships. So they think they're getting a good deal, but at the end of the day, we're still making money off of them. So, now, um, so just something to think about. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you should, if there's like dedicated building, dedicated infrastructure, dedicated professors, dedicated uh, fellowships, scholarships, research centers, um, uh, trips and treks added into a new graduate program, and it's just as robust as the established graduate program, that's probably a good sign. But if just marketing, you don't have that like substantial investment, things that matter, then it should be concerning. So um, then there's the thing about thinking about scholarships. So at the end of the day, the scholarship is about how competitive you are um, in the eyes of the school versus other people that want scholarships. And if you look at it from a business perspective, the university can um, can basically give you scholarship up to a certain amount, amount and let's just say 40, 30 percentish, um, some schools might be 50 percentish, even more, and essentially still make money off of you. Um, but so for dumb, yeah, it's not, I mean, at a certain point they have to hit the numbers, but, uh, just from a starting point, it doesn't hurt them that much to give you a 40% scholarship. The question for dumb is how competitive are you and what do they get from you? If you're an Ivy leaguer, great. They get marketing out of you. If you have a patent, some, if you're a Rhodes Fulbright scholar, they get marketing out of you. Remember, they care about uh, prestige. And so if they get prestige points out of you, that, that helps. Um, if you are, helps with diversity, and every school defines diversity a little bit differently, um, then they're willing to give you scholarship. So what this means is that when you negotiate for scholarships, you should try to find out what the school cares about in terms of care about and what they're willing to not make money off of you for to get. It's, yes, you heard that right. A lot of times it's not exactly they're paying you to do things, but it's more like they're sacrificing an opportunity to make money off of you. Um, now, if you, if you get a full right scholarship, then they are definitely paying for you to a certain extent, but just keep that in mind. Um, then I want to talk about school prestige. So again, school prestige, that is relative from an academic perspective. A school prestige, and like there's US News and World Reports, and did an episode on that, but also uh, how professors think about other schools in terms of prestige is all academically, or not all, but highly academically driven from an academic perspective. And that's important to know because when you're selecting schools, Academic prestige may or may not relate to student experience. And this is important to know because it's important for each student to think beyond the brand prestige 
Think beyond uh, why we're prestigious professors. Think beyond how many Harvard, Yale, uh, Notre Dame, whatever classmates there might get. But if the student experience is right for you, are the students happy? Are is the program managed in a way that make you happy? Um, like you do not. It's not necessarily the smartest thing to go to graduate program where the way they run business is not in a way you like it in terms of your student experience. I mean, at a certain point, everyone care, will sacrifice some level of student experience for the right job coming out of it. But student experience matters, and you should think about it separate from its academic prestige. Then lastly, in terms of positive employment outcomes, remember, this is positive employment outcomes from the school's perspective perspective and what they think um, might be good to market the students because they need to replenish the class uh, every year. They also need to keep students there. Uh, so it's kind of like what they think will make people come to school and stay in school. So this is important because you, when you look at school, I always tell people, like, look beyond what they're advertising in terms of employment outcomes. Because sometimes a lot of what they're advertising, for all, for all I know, it could be completely true. But um, even if there's no level of deception or, you know, it's totally pure honestly that you got so many students and lumped in great things. There's always alums who aren't advertised. And what do they do? And... It just may be that there are career job options that for people coming out of school that for whatever reason, the school does not want to advertise. And then on the flip side, um, look at the marketing and see if it makes sense. So an example of something that doesn't make sense is uh, an advertisement where a person comes out of graduate school and gets a job that the marketing brags is a top-end, competitive best in its area, policy focus area job. But if you talk to someone who's in the know, it's like it's entry-level job uh, equivalent to what someone would get out of undergrad. Um, so you see something like that. Then you know like the career services and the administration or and the program is just completely out of whack and appreciating what it takes to get people jobs. And what are the jobs that are on par for graduate student um, uh, alumni or re recent grads from graduate program? So, um, so yeah, when you understand what a graduate school cares about, then you could understand how to, you know, um, manage their interests to manage your graduate school career and beyond. And so I, I think these, this is a good uh, sense of the basics from a management perspective. I hope it's helpful. Thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to making the more episodes to help you understand IR and public policy graduate programs. Goodbye.